morning. Our reading this morning is from Joshua 2, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to try some humor that will probably cause Carol to scurry under the pew, and I won't be asked to come up here anymore. All right. This is about Joshua, and we're going to be talking about Rahab, the, uh, when they enter, when they cross the, uh, the uh, <laughs> Jordan <laughs> into, into Jericho. Um, it's about, you know, about Joshua initially, and um, he didn't have any parents. He has no genealogy, neither father nor mother. Just listen to the first verse. Here we go. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. The king of Jericho was told, some Israelites have come here tonight to search out the land, the spies. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out the whole land. But the woman took the two men and hid them. Then she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when it was time to close the gate of the city at dark, um, the men went through. Lost my place here. Okay, but the woman took the two men and hid them. Then she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were. Uh, I did, boy, I'm doing well today. Uh, so basically they went after dark when the, when the gates were closed. Where the men went, I do not know. Uh, no. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before they went to sleep, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the dread of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you, uh, before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God of heaven above and earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord, that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, Ed. 
Good morning, church. I'm glad to see all of you here this morning and welcome to those who are visiting us for the first time. Today is the second Sunday of our um, July sermon series, Heroes of the Faith. And last week we discussed Deborah, the first and the last female judge of the Israelites. And her leadership brought out the victory of the Canaanites. And today, we will focus on Rahab, another important female figure from the Old Testament. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Recently, one of my friends, Korean friends, recommend, recommended a book to me titled Yokenja. English, English translation of Yokenja can be either the retrograder, retrograde, or the reverser. This book has become a bestseller in Korea in 2022 to 2023. The word Retrograde means a person who defies the fate. In the book, the author, Jia Chang, describes, explains how he achieved her success by living as a retrograde. And he, he describes his early life as having three strikes against himself. First, on unattractive appearance. Second, lack of intelligence. Third, being born into a poor family. In his book, he shares that he never dreamed of becoming famous or successful due to these perceived disadvantages. He never thought that he could have an impact on other people's lives either. However, one day in his early 20s, now he's 36 years old, he visited a public library, which he never, he never done before, and read a book about a successful person who overcame their fate and achieved great success. success. This revelation profoundly affected him, leading him to read more books with similar messages. After reading numerous books, he decided to live differently. He chose not to follow his natural tendencies or accept his predetermined fate. Instead, he resolved to fight against his fate and nature, living as a retrograde by applying the lessons he learned from his reading to his own life. As a result, he became one of the best-selling writers in Korea and established his own company and achieved financial success 
as well as becoming an influencer. You might wonder why I am mentioning this book. I believe Rahab is similar to the retrograde figure in this book as she changed her fate through her effort, her boredness, and her fate. Let's go deeper into who Rahab was and what she did. Rahab was a Gentile woman who resided in the city of Jericho. Traditionally, Rahab is described as a prostitute because that's what the Bible describes her. But it's worth noting that contemporary biblical scholars see her as an innkeeper. This alternate interpretation arises because the mention of her profession often leads readers to miss or misinterpret, uh, interpret or misunderstand her actual role in the history of Israelites. Whether she was an innkeeper or a prostitute or both, Rahab went against the expectation of women in her time. Rahab probably came from a poor family. In the Asian world, poverty was by far the most common cause of prostitution. And prostitution alternated with that slavery. In the light of this, many scholars believe that the poverty of Rahab's extended family likely forced her into prostitution. Despite these facts, Rahab not only saved herself, but also her entire life, uh, I'm sorry, her entire family. Later, she became the mother of Boaz, whose great-grandson was King David. And she belonged to the genealogy of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you might be curious about how it happened. So well, the secret lies in today's scripture reading. Joshua chapter 2 begins as following. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent to men secretly from Sitim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. Some people see that uh, the spies maybe slept with Rahab, but please don't interpret that way. So let's focus on who she is, what she did. To better understand this story, we need to know the background. Actually, this scene takes place not long before the Israelites conquered the city of Jericho, one of the lands that God had promised the Israelites. However, this scene reminds us 
of the first 12 spies sent by Moses, the leader who led the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt. To investigate the land of Canaan, Moses sent 12 spies. Unfortunately, only two spies delivered positive reports to Moses, and the rest of them delivered negative reports, claiming that there was no way for them to defeat against them. Furthermore, complaints among the first generation of the Israelites were growing. In response, God altered his plan and decided not to grant the promised land to the first generation of the Israelites, except Caleb and Joshua, who delivered the positive reports to Moses. And now Moses passed away, the first generation that witnessed miracles like the Passover, the parting of the Red Sea, and the provision of manna in the wilderness have already died. And Joshua taken up the leadership, guiding the Israelites into the promised land. Similar to Moses, Joshua sent spies, but this time he sent only two. Maybe he learned in the past, okay, 12 is not good. Let's send only two. We never know. And the spies happened to enter the house of Rahab. It is unclear why the spies went to Rahab's house. However, we can speculate that it may have been due to the location of her house. Verse 15 says, her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. It may seem like it's like a random choice for the spies, but I believe it was part of God's plan who knew who Rahab was, the one who feared Yahweh, the true God. And undoubtedly, Rahab played a significant role in God's mission of entering into the promised land. So let's move to the next verse. In verse three through seven, we witness how Rahab saved the spies from the hands of King Jericho and displaced her boldness. King Jericho heard that the stranger had entered the city of Jericho, so he ordered Rahab to bring them out, the men. But Rahab, even though she was a citizen of Jericho, she decides not to listen to her king. Instead, she decides to protect the spies. Here we can find the first reason why I see her as a retrograde. She refused to follow her nature, 
and the orders of her king, even though she knew it put her a great risk. In verse 8 through 11, Rahab reveals why she took such bold action despite the risk. So let me read the scripture for you. Before they went to sleep, Rahab came up to them on the roof and said to the man, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the dread of you has fallen on us and that, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly, uh, utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our heart melted. There was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord, your God, is indeed God in heaven above and on earth below. What great faith she had. Rev said after hearing what the God of Israel had done to the Israelite, their heart were melted in fear. And then she believed that the sea of Jericho already in the hands of the Israelites because she believed that the God who is with the Israelites is true God. Think about it. How come her boldness comes from? I think even though when she sees her situation, her circumstances, there's no way for her to make her life better. But she believes in God, and then she tried to think differently. And then she chose to live as retrograde to make her life better and to save her life and her entire family. So through her boldness, Rahab changed her fate by living as a retrograde. Even though her decision could lead her to death because she didn't listen to her king, or if she didn't heed the spies, she could be killed by the Israelites. So she was a very smart lady. And then we also can see that um, she also took a risk and attempted to make a deal with the spies. It's very interesting. So let's read verse 12 through 21. Lisa, would you please read the scripture for us? Sure. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith 
that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. She said to them, go toward the hill country so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. The men said to her, we will be released from this oath that you have made us swear to you if we invade the land and you do not tie this crimson cord in the window through which you let us down and you do not gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your family. If any of you go out of the doors of your house into the street, they shall be responsible for their own death, and we shall be innocent. But if a hand is laid upon any who are you inside the house, we shall bear the responsibility for their death. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be released from this oath that you made us swear to. She said, according to your words, so be it. She sent them away and they departed. Then she tied the crimson cord in the window. Thank you. Through this passage, we see how clever Rahab was. She knew exactly how to make a deal with the spies. Some scholars suggest that Rahab intentionally took the spies up to her roof, where they are both hidden and visible. In ancient times, roofs, roofs were often open and exposed. These circumstances enabled Rahab to negotiate for the safety of her family. Another aspect that I want to emphasize about Rahab is that she truly defied her fate. As a Gentile, as I mentioned earlier, her fate was to be destroyed by the Israelites. As you mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 2, which states, And when the Lord your God gives them over to you, you defeat them. Then you must utterly destroy them, make no covenant with them, and show, and show them no mercy. However, Rahab found a way to make a covenant with the Israelites' spies. How clever she is. And then she became an essential part of the, their conquest of, of Jericho, and she is recognized as one of the heroes of faith today. What lessons can you draw from Rahab's story? In my interpretation of today's story, firstly, we learn that our God is an inclusive God. 
If you read Matthew chapter 1 and verse 16, it may seem unusual to see Rahab's name in the genealogy of Jesus, the most innocent and holy figure, considering her identity as a foreign woman and who was a prostitute or an innkeeper. However, her story conveys the message that God's salvation is available for everybody who seeks it. And God is an inclusive God who desires to uplift all of humanity, regardless of who they are, for God's plan and God's purpose, if they are willing. The second, message, uh, the second lesson I take from Rahab's story is that each one of us has potential to be a hero of faith like Rahab. She never experienced miracles or learned Torah. However, her faith was greater than anyone else's. She believed that God would save her and her entire family. And through her courageous and bold action and unwavering faith, despite her gender, her ethnicity, and her occupation, she defied her fate and became one of the heroes of faith. Brothers and sisters, what is your take on Rahab's story? What lesson do you want to apply to your life? You don't need to share it right now, but I, I encourage you to share your take and your lessons that you want to apply to your life at the coffee hour with one another. So don't leave the church right away. We have a coffee hour, there's coffee and goodies and juice, so please join our coffee hour and have this fruitful conversation, okay? Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we thank you for your mercy and grace revealed in the story of Rahab. Through our story, you have shown us that you do not care about the labels we carry but instead they see us for who, for, for who we truly are and include all of humanity in your promises and purposes. Like Rahab, Lord, grant us the courage to confront and overcome the labels that discourages us from loving and being vessels for your work. Help us recognize the great purpose that you planned for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.